What do Stanford University, JCPenney, The Pampered Chef, McDonald's, and Disney all have in common? Whole life insurance. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents Channel. My name is Jesse Durham. For today's episode, we're going to be discussing how conveniently unconventional the infinite banking concept is for personal finance. Now, I know that I just threw a bunch of big names out there, so maybe we should address the big picture of those names that catch our attention very easily. They're very well known. And then I'll bring banking back to the me and the you level. Okay, so why I would bring up those names is I'm wanting to address the conventional aspect of infinite banking okay and that's going to be whole life insurance so here's what those companies had in common they benefited from whole life insurance or one way or another so let's start with stanford university stanford university weathered some storms from a death benefit that was paid out jc penny the company jc penny was kept afloat during that little thing known as the great depression uh Cash values were used to be able to cover things like payroll and such to be able to weather the storm of the Great Depression. And then you had companies like Walt Disney. Disney Walt, Walt Disney wanted to launch Disneyland. And at that time, a clean property, a family-friendly theme park was <laughs> not the norm. It hadn't been done. And he used cash values to be able to bypass not being able to get the conventional lending that he wanted for everything to launch Disneyland. Miss Christopher, the founder of The Pampered Chef, started that business with policy loans from whole life insurance. And of course, you know, that company was later procured by Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company. So pretty cool right there. And when it comes to McDonald's, Ray Kroc also used cash value from whole life insurance policies to make that deal. Uh, and it's such a big business right now. So what I'm trying to say is that whole life insurance has been around for a long time. It predates man flight, the automobile, lots of big things. Okay. So whole life insurance is very conventional. Now I know out in the wide world, there are some people that are really for it. Some people that are really against it. We just happen to be in a day and time when it's not so common because there have been so many more financial products, of course, put out there. And, and that's its own worthwhile discussion, to be sure. And yet, in history, like I mentioned, the Great Depression, that's right at 100 years ago. Okay, so whole life insurance has been around for a long time. It's a conventional financial product out there in the wide world. Well, even saying that, that's I, I cannot use that saying uh, so so that, that that wouldn't be accurate, actually. So mutual life insurance companies, which are the preferred type of company to buy a whole life insurance from, if you're looking to implement the infinite banking concept, you don't find mutual life insurance companies just anywhere. Thankfully, we have them here in the States. So all that to say, whole life insurance is a conventional product. Folks have used whole life insurance in the conventional ways that we are aware in that death benefits have been paid out and that's helped out entities or individuals, families, businesses, what have you. Cash value has been accessible in whole life policies and folks have used that to launch business or to weather storms or, or what have you. So again, companies have, individuals have, whole life insurance has been around for a long time. It's got a long track record. It is a conventional product. But 
For those that are either vetting or implementing the infinite banking concept, we understand or we are learning that with properly structured whole life policies with mutual companies that pay dividends, an individual, so here's where I'm going to bring it back to banking at the me and you level, right? The individual can have access to a significant amount of cash value based on the premiums that they choose to pay in year one with an IBC style policy. So a lot of those instances that I just gave you right there, that would have been with plain Jane, whole life insurance, no structure, no paid up additions, rider, no term riders, that just plain Jane vanilla, whole life insurance that over time, yes, builds up cash value. Takes takes a good bit longer than one that's been structured nowadays for the infinite banking concept. Okay, so the individual can enjoy that same type of access that I just described in those other historic instances. We can enjoy access to a compounding pool of capital much sooner again. And, and that's why it's so important that an individual work with somebody who's not stuck in conventional thinking. I mean, if you want to implement the infinite banking concept, you've got to be working with somebody who's actually implemented the infinite banking concept in their own lives and someone that can can hopefully mentor you and speed up your learning curve and be an encourager in this unconventional approach to personal finance. So I can't remember when it struck me, but it struck me at some point here recently that whole life insurance is a conventional product. It's very convenient. You could go to a box store agent in a box store and say, I want whole life insurance. Now, what does that look like traditionally? Traditionally, that looks like you're trying to pay as little premium as possible to get as big of a, a death benefit as as you can, right? So it's it's like walking up to a vending machine, putting in uh, as little money as 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 you, you can for, for what it is that you want, okay? And then it just kicks it out to you. Whereas, you know, and I've already described it some, I'll speak for myself. When I'm beginning a mentor-client relationship, professional-client relationship with someone, we're going to be having a discussion about the entire financial footprint, where you're at right now, what your plans are, what your aspirations are, what your goals are, next 12 months, next 12 years. Are you thinking a few generations ahead? I mean, it's going to be very comprehensive. It's going to be very in-depth. The policy or policies are are going to need to be built and structured for your purposes, you as an individual. And that's just not something that, of course, that you can get from a box store agent at a box store. No disparagement there. I, I don't do anything with home insurance. I don't do anything with car insurance. You know, I, I particularly and exclusively am in the business of helping folks Understand the infinite banking concept and implement it. That's it. That's it. So no disparagement to other professionals in the space. Insurance as an industry, as a space, as a profession is very, very valuable to me. Very valuable. I esteem it highly. Okay. Uh, but again, someone can't help you with something that they are not doing themselves. So when you've vetted this concept and you're ready to implement it, 
You need to be working with someone who understands what it is that's going on and that you can glean from their experience. You can glean from their lessons learned. I mean, I've probably made all the mistakes that that could be made uh, at least so far. Maybe I'll make some more moving ahead. Right. But it's gotten better and better for us. And I feel like we've been able to better and better help folks on their journey as well. And that is in such contrast. Let me return to this this idea of, of what's conventional or what's unconventional. That's The infinite banking concept is so very much in contrast with what is conventionally purported to us because what we're, what we're told to do is to go out and get a good job. And some, some of us even get a little wild and, and start a business. Okay, but let's, let's think about one of the big impacts there in a career, in pursuing a career, W-2, or in starting your own job, taxes. You know, anybody that's familiar with Robert Kiyosaki's Cash Flow Quadrant book understand that, okay, well, the self-employed and the employees are the most taxed folks out there. And I don't necessarily mean that in, in a number, but but I mean in, in volume. You know, Nash put it, Nash put it <laughs> eloquently when he addressed the Willie Sutton Law, you know, the fact that where wealth is built, there are going to be those that seek uh, to steal it, whether legally or illegally. And taxes affect the small business owner and the employee in such a big way. That's all I'm trying to point out. And, and we just conventionally just are, are, are born in are born into that. And I'm not against paying taxes that we should pay. But what I'm saying is, is again, if I reference Robert Kiyosaki, he says that if you look at what you earn and you broke it down over a year. You know, there are many folks that are working January, February, March, maybe even April or May and on just to pay taxes. Those months are just for paying your taxes. Okay. And, but that's what's conventionally out there in the wide world. And, and I'm going to point out a big difference right now. So for those that are implementing the infinite banking concept, let me address this topic of taxes real quick. During your lifetime, when you own policies that are structured this way and you're utilizing policy loans to account for your financing needs, you can do that in a tax-free way. Also, when it comes time to your graduation, you're passing on and your beneficiaries are going to receive that death benefit. They're going to receive that death benefit tax-free. That's a very, very efficient way to cut out unnecessary taxes in your life and in your family's life. Okay. All right. So what else are we told to conventionally do? Conventionally, we're told and and we either assume one of these two routes of going into debt for the things that we do in life. And then the, the exception is that some of us will pay cash for things. Well, all right. So let's look at those two conventional routes. If you go into debt, that means, you know, you're subject to someone else's approval based off of X, Y and Z. Okay, the paperwork, all, all these different things. And you are going to be paying interest there. You might even be providing collateral. Okay. And then the opposite is for those that are paying cash for everything, your principal gets liquidated. At the end of the day, your principal gets liquidated for whatever it is that you're doing. And you forever lose the opportunity to earn that you could have on those dollars. Okay. So the average American is bleeding out interest to the tune of 34.5%. It's what Nash says in his book, Becoming Your Own Baker. His book, Becoming Your Own Baker, 34.5%. So we've been hit by taxation. 
we've been hit by interest in one way or another. We've either paid it or we've foregone the opportunity to have earned it. Next, for those that take a step towards saving money, okay, those that have actually been proactive, they've beat Parkinson's law, they're not spending all that they earn, they're actually saving money somewhere. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good, good, good question to ask, where should I be saving money? But regardless of where you choose to save money, another question is going, relevant question is going to be, how is where I'm storing money helping me combat inflation? Okay, and just a quick study on inflation. What did a candy bar cost 50 years ago? Five years ago? Okay, what might it cost five years in the future? 50 years in the future? Okay, so inflation is very real. If I'm saving money, am I accounting for inflation? That's a good thing to ask. But conventionally, conventionally, that's not addressed. Inflation is not addressed. They're going to be those that, that try and say, and this will kind of go into the, the investing category, which is not not saving. There's a big difference between saving. Saving should be, should be. I'm not saying that it is, but it should be. For those that are implementing infinite banking, for those that are using uh, properly structured policies for their warehouse of wealth, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, you can have compound growth uninterrupted for your whole lifetime without putting it at risk. But saving is very different than investing. If you're saving money, it should not be at risk. If you're investing money, it is at risk. And that brings me to thinking about these 401ks, IRAs, SEPs, 503Bs, 529 plans, all these different government qualified plans and ideas where we're told to put our money there for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years, not touch it. It is at risk. There are taxes to account for there. There are fees and penalties if you want to be able to access it ahead of uh, <laughs> their dictated time. So there, there are all these different things that we are just conventionally told to assume. And the list continues, right? We're told, conventionally, we're told to buy term and invest the difference. We're told to retire at such and such age. We're just born into this commercial banking system, which is financial slavery. Okay, so so conventionally, that's that's the paradigm. Okay, that's the paradigm. Now, again, let me connect some dots here. That's the conventional paradigm. The conventional product or a conventional product is whole life insurance. When that whole life insurance is properly structured for the banking purpose with a mutual company that pays a dividend, you can then implement the process of becoming your own banker, which is very unconventional. And here's here's the thought that I had when on this subject, because we live in a day and a time where individuals and groups like the SEALs and special forces have been brought more to light, and, and you can you can find out a lot more about the historical context of conventional versus unconventional warfare, for example. So in, so instead of the the World War One scenario of uh, you stand here or I stand here, or think about you know the American Revolution, uh, the the British in their red coats marching in file, and you stand here and we'll stand here and we're just going to shoot at each other. This war of attrition. It doesn't have to be that way, and, and, and this unconventional warfare that we see in more modern times, we can also see that it has been very effective. So even though becoming your own banker is unconventional, it's so very effective. It's not you 
It's not you assuming, like we already mentioned, unnecessary taxation. It's not you avoiding that inflation is real. You are accounting for it. You're taking depreciating dollars today and funding an appreciating asset, self-collateralizing, uninterrupted compounding, appreciating asset, wherein you do have access to that compounding pool of capital for your whole life. You're not bleeding out the same interest dollars because, as the average American because now you're recapturing interest dollars that otherwise would have gone to somebody else. So it's beautifully unconventional, the process of becoming your own banker. So let me tie these back together. You're changing the paradigm by using a conventional product in an unconventional process. We're not told in at home and school and work and anywhere else to be our own banker. That's not happening. We were born into this commercial banking system where they're just printing up bills and they're just fabricating numbers. Whereas we are reacquiring the banking function in our lives. So that means we are reacquiring the control of that function and we're reacquiring the profitability of that function. And that makes this very, very unconventional. It makes this very, very different. And here's the reality. If you're vetting this idea of becoming your own banker, I'll go ahead and tell you now so that you're aware, in case you've never heard this. It is much harder to unlearn something that we thought was true than it is to even learn something brand new. It's hard to unlearn. Nash would call it the noise, all, all this noise, and some of some of which I've already mentioned, like work 40 years and then, then retire based on a, a nest egg and based on hopes and wishes <laughs> instead of guarantees uh, like you could experience with whole life insurance. We are told to buy term and invest the difference. We're told we're told so many things that 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 are just noise. So so I'm I'm encouraging you and and I'm thankful and I can appreciate that you're even listening to information like this that is so different from what the masses are doing but but think about this. Think about okay, if we do what the masses are told to do, we'll probably end up like the masses. Okay? Well, are most people wealthy? No. So it makes sense to do something that the masses are not in that context. I mean, the, the traditional approach to, to life insurance, again, pay as little as you can, whereas here we're trying to pay as much premium as we possibly can into these policies that we own and control and that we utilize for what it is that we are doing in life. So our story is this. If you've not heard me say in 2015, I first read the book, Becoming Your Own Banker, after seeing a presentation about the concept, and I was blown away. It was an aha moment for me. It was a financial renaissance. It found me and my wife where we were. We owed about $50,000. We were that average All-American. We had the car. We had the student loans. We had the credit cards. We had the whole thing, right? And we used this concept to begin recapturing interest dollars and to begin building wealth for ourselves to get guaranteed protection. We just started checking all those boxes that Becoming Your Own Banker provide, and we paid off all kinds of debts. And then we used a system of policies now. We have several policies. 
with different companies, but we own several policies now that we use for the things that we are doing in life, taking control back of the banking function, taking profitability back for ourselves in the banking function of our lives. And we encourage other people and we help other people and we write and design these types of policies for folks so that they can begin their own journey of becoming their own banker. So I hope that this information has been helpful for you. If you'd like to discuss this more in detail, what it could look like for you to implement the infinite banking concept for your household, for your business, for your investing, whatever it is that you're doing in life, I would really look forward to that. You can find my contact information and our presentation for free on our website, durhamtalents.com. But this has been a great pleasure for me. I look forward to our next conversation. Have a great day. Take care. I think so. That's it. Perfect. 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 I didn't like those other recordings anyway. Good looking. Got that going for us. Both cameras are on. We've got volume this time. I'll uh, just start over from the top. <laughs>